0: Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron, and today we're talking to season three, episode seven, chapter twenty-three: The Spies. Aaron, who are the spies, and why? I, why do you love them?
1: I <laughs> I don't know who the spies are. Are are they the the Mandalorian survivors? Are they intimating that they're? Is it? Maybe. Is it I mean, there's. There's, there's definitely Elia um, Kang. Yeah, she you is know, a spy, for sure. She is a spy, but multiple spies? Oof, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you either, really. Um, I'm sure it's some deep metaphor they're going for uh, that just kind of went right over my head. If uh, you
1: wanted to send a super sneaky covert message to your embedded Imperial asset in the heart of the New Republic, Mm-hmm would you send like a data chit or a code cylinder perhaps? Nope. Would you send an encrypted message or perhaps an equally covert buried operative? Uh, Or would you send a giant fucking Imperial probe droid? Hide (laughs) in plain sight, Aaron. (laughs) that's what they're doing here i don't know if there's an underworld under the world enough for a giant fucking probe <laughs> droid to come <laughs> down through some fucking dark alley and nobody's like that is that an imperial probe droid like <laughs> are aren't we fucking allergic to all forms of imperial technology what the fuck is there an imperial probe they, they're, droid they're
0: betting on <laughs> they're betting on irony uh, they—they're assuming people will see it and be like, "That is so imperial." There's no way it could be imperial. Uh, check the vintage imperial probe droid. Oh my god, this right? neighborhood has got so
1: much culture and history to it. You just love to see it.
0: Yeah, they're gentrifying the back alleys, gent- of course.
1: <laughs> they're gentrifying the
0: underworld of of Coruscant. Why not? Why not?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, good point. I I'm. So I was watching the previously on, and I, I came up with a question that I hadn't thought about when it happened, but Pershing gets his head electrocuted. Sure. Is he dead? Is anyone
1: fair? I mean, Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> I saw about... him thrown down a whole
0: ass radiator uh-huh. shaft and Project Necromancer comes along and apparently. is Is he meant to be more or less dead in that scene? Because then I'm thinking, like, how does Elia explain this? Like, maybe she could she could play off like a, ah, the mal- the machine, you know, malfunctioned or whatever and just kind of scrambled his brain. But if he's dead, that's hard to believe. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if he's like all the way dead or if he's just like vegetalized or if they found some way to if they're going to reveal that they found some way to unscramble his brains enough to get the
0: cloning research out of him. <laughs> they I, I scooped I really out don't his know. brains and turned him into a vehicle.
1: Sure. Can we talk uh, about that? Can we talk about how immediately after an episode that Mm -hmm. they definitively made sure that we understood the droids are sophisticated, sensitive, conscious beings, aware of Mm -hmm. their state in the world and how precarious it is, and how everyone's out to get them, and there's no one that it can really (laughs) trust. (laughs) That the 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 Citizens Navarro saw fit to hollow out Mm -hmm. their hero. And have his corpse piloted around by a baby Yoda.
0: <laughs> it's real fucked up. I it's I love the scene, but when you think about it, it's absolutely appalling.
1: Yeah, I'm like, imagine if Cara Dune had died in the first mm-hmm. season, which she kind of did career-wise. And then they come back in in season three and somebody's like, oh, hey, yeah, we just found this soldier on the battlefield, scooped out her brains, left her brainstem Mm -hmm. intact, and we shoved a joystick into her chest cavity. And you put and just just see like this, like slack jawed, like drooling corpse, you know, with baby Yoda in its in its chest cavity piloting. It's it's
0: it's horrifying. You you (laughs) You do do this to a human. It's Hellraiser shit. You do this to a sentient robot and nobody bats an eye. And and it was cute and it was funny and it was a really good gag, but the whole uh-huh. time I'm like,
1: you just <laughs> set up these droids as being sympathetic
0: creatures, and now the horror, yeah, the horror. Yeah, that was messed up. Uh, otherwise, aside from the uh, existential horrors of this episode, what'd you think of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I liked it. I think
1: I think the double Fs are rolling up their sleeves and they are taking on the monumental task of taking the plot of two dueling Hollywood fuckboys boys and a, uh, an army of uh, do-nothing, dumbfuck Hollywood executives, and they are trying to unfuck the Star Wars timeline. They are mm-hmm. trying to come up with a plausible reason why the New Republic can stumble out the door, trip on its dick, and fall to a resurgent empire with an, with a resurrected Emperor... <laughs> Sheev palpatine don't forget his full <laughs> fucking legal name is Sheev palpatine um they're they're trying they're trying to make sense of this all and i kind of respect them for it they're trying to set the stage of like there's uh grieved uh imperial loyalists and people who are like mm-hmm. fuck this new republic shit and fuck the i still i'm still on team separatist and 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 showing how hard it is to kind of govern and all the weird sub factions and how the Empire is doing such a great job of twisting those things against each other. I, I kind of respect it. Um, yeah, it's been the best I, part it, of this
0: season for me it's,
1: it's hard to know to see it's, it's how it's going to end up until they get to the other side of the project. But like, I, I kind of respect that they're trying to do it. They're not just being like, yeah, whatever. That's fucking shit. Stupid. They're actually trying to earn it post facto. And that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. No, that those bits and pieces that they've been giving us, um, that have kind of led up to what we're seeing in this episode what I assume we'll see in next episode. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's made my interest level in this season higher than any previous season because it felt like there were more stakes. It felt like uh, they were trying to tell this larger story in a more interesting way. You know, it wasn't just uh, adventure of the week kind of stuff for the most part. There's there's always been yeah. a, a bit of the a bit of the story they're telling here, a bit there, and it all kind of adds up.
1: Yeah, and I feel like they finally had the luxury of having, you know, the time or maybe the foresight to actually develop some of these minor characters to the point where it means something when they die. Like, I really like Paz. I think he was a cool dude. I don't think it ever got much beyond like, ah, he's a cool dude and he has a kid and that's pretty sympathetic. But like, you Mm -hmm. know, he wasn't, I mean, I guess he was literally a faceless uh, protagonist. (laughs) But sure but but you know he he had he had enough uh, color on him that uh i felt something when it was clear that he was gonna die mm-hmm. and it made me pissed off in a good way not in a like well that's a stupid kind of way so like i i think that they that elevates the stakes anytime that there are things to care about and um you know people it's a good thing to have people besides mando and grogu for people to like give a shit about and i think they're starting to to do that with with the the Mandalorians at large.
0: Yeah. All that said, I don't think this is a perfect episode. I think they do some disservice to let's say dark troopers. They do some disservice to, I think this series yet again in another, what I assume is coming uh, with the reveal of grand Admiral Thrawn and knowing that he's going to be in the Ahsoka series. I think they're going to fuck this up again in the same way that they fucked up with book of Boba Fett. And they're going to have like major chunks of the story for season four happen off, you know, off menu. Um, You're going to have to go watch Ahsoka to get anything of that. And they're just going to do it all on previously ons.
1: Maybe Ahsoka will actually be good. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely
0: a possibility. It's just the same pattern of like, well, we're not going to put the main story into this show. You're going to have to watch another show to get it.
1: Yeah, but that's never been my problem. I think that. The problem is when the product, the other product is so bad that you it gets in the way of like, God, do I really want to pick through the shit for the few kernels of corn that are still digestible? Sure, that's Um, a major problem. You know, because like that's essentially the Marvel has done that. And I think Marvel's done a better job of having their, you know, their offshoots not be as tied to the canon. But like to me, the big problem is like it's like make it worth my time and also don't drown. You know, like don't I don't want to keep up with five shows a week. I don't want this to turn into a fucking soap opera, a literal soap opera that I have to, uh, th- 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 to watch every day or I, I don't I, I can't keep up with it. So like if mm-hmm. the because uh, it's always possible that we're going to start seeing the the fruits of the double f's uh taking over and shaping this and getting it back on track so you're going to have you know I guess hopefully I mean it'd be it'd be nice if Star Wars is not a laughing stock anymore and that they are able to tell stories at the child level at the teenage level and and family level and at the adult level simultaneously I think that would be that'd be great but
0: Yeah it's hard for me to Really reconcile all the different names of all these different properties and needing to split it up that way. I mean, if they want to tell one story that folds into each other, then why not just tell it in a story called "The Star Wars" and mm. tell it with and all the characters rated, in yeah. all the same show? Right? I I don't. I, I guess, like, yeah, you can have the experiments like Andor because I love Andor, but. I just I I don't need to go search out parts of the story that I missed like oh I have to what is this other series you know um do I need to watch that is it going to be important to this show uh it, it 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 confuses the plot to me
1: yeah do you think they need something to identify like the main canon like, you know, cause like there's, there wasn't Just solo a, like, a, like a Star Wars tale Disney+. or something. So you have stuff that's like set uh-huh. in the, you know, cause Andor's a perfect, it's, it, it cannot change the can because right. it's all in the past. It's all set too. Yeah. It, it's more mature. It's a little darker and that's going to be a Star Wars tale where like Mandalore, the, the stuff that's, that's actually building the canon, uh, is, is pitched at family and it's called the main star. I don't, I don't know,
0: but, um. Yeah, I just don't want to have to like <laughs> figure out what I need to watch to get the story, you know? Yeah, because Obi Wan's yeah. not essential, obviously, right? Or Kenobi or whatever the hell they call it. Uh, yeah, Andor's not essential. What is essential? Yeah, Book of Star Boga Wars Fett is Cannon, essential for like
1: three episodes. But Star Star Wars Campbell, canon used to be really simple. It was like mm-hmm, the, the, watch the, the movies. The movies. And then below that were kind of like the novels and the video games. And then below that were like the video games. And mm-hmm. as long as you, and it can canon work to where it's like, if you enjoyed the movies that you knew everything you needed to enjoy the comics and the books, And if you enjoy them, you can enjoy the video games, but like, you know, maybe not vice versa. And I wonder if they can build it out that way where it's like they have, but then now it's like, you know, what fuck? There hasn't been a star Wars movie in years. It's just been yeah. this Disney plus stuff of wildly varying quality, but mm. I, I don't know. I'm just saying that I'm a little excited because like, I I don't like just missing Star Wars content because I sure. think it's going to suck and I've got better things to do in my life. Like, You'd have told me 20 years ago that I'd be like, yeah, there's going to be this live-action Star Wars with top-notch special effects and Hollywood A-listers and major talent behind it, and you're going to be like, eh, I don't know if I want to see that. I would think you're fucking crazy, but that's how far the brand has fallen. And I, I think that you know, Favre and Filoni might be the guys to get it back to must-see TV territory, which would be awesome.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, all that is to say uh, they're doing an Ahsoka series coming out in August, I think, and they're introducing elements here in this episode that I think are going to be very important in that show. Oh, yes. That's, so. This this felt very
1: important for developing other series, uh, to, to your point, yeah.
0: Yeah, and maybe we could talk about it here in, like, the second scene, but um, let's get into the recap. Okay. This is the ad break. We will return.
1: I have spoken. Here's what's new in premium content for our club members.
0: No lunch this week as I'll be traveling on vacation, but get ready for next week when we have the rare, elusive, dare I say premium lunch with Talitha and Aaron. And while you're waiting for the return of the king, don't forget May is the time to switch your Patreon
1: tiers to make sure you maintain your full benefits by June. Stop by support.ballmove.com to check your Patreon levels to see the new benefits and decide which one is right for you.
0: And finally, tickets are now on sale for Badass Fest 6. Come meet us live and in person. Watch a mystery badass film with us and then hear us record the podcast right there in front of you in a theater packed with Bald Move fans. Get your details and your tickets at baldmove.com slash live.
1: If you want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com right now to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content plus ad free feeds. This podcast is in your care. Welcome back to Tribe of Two.
2: We start off with
0: Alaya going to the back alleys of Coruscant, meeting with a hologram of Moff Gideon. She reports that the pirates on Navarro were defeated by Din and Bo's Mandos. Uh, He says he'll deal with them and to continue her mission. I knew it. I fucking knew it. She was not a true Blue New Republic uh, a yeah. servant, loyalist, whatever. She's imperial through and through. Uh, we've heard of the Martin
1: three-step reveal. I think <laughs> this is the Martin for real reveal. Like, for, uh-huh. we, have, I, I've, this is this is pitched at a Saturday morning cartoon crowd, so we have to make sure we leave no one behind and have a fucking imperial probe droid <laughs> show up with Moff Gideon <laughs> giving her explicit directions to. Mm-hmm. Um, my my question to you is what is her mission like her her what do you do? You think that there is another shoe to drop for us to understand what her because this is her or this is just what she did on the way of doing her real mission
0: yeah so continue the mission i mean she's been doing the mission the mission just, is probably to clean up loose ends make sure the, uh, the new republic doesn't get wind of what they're doing out in the outer or room what they did do you think she's also, yeah. like, trying to... Was there any part of
1: her trying to secure the asset? Like, would... If Pershing was, like, still loyal to the Empire, would he have been evacuated from Coruscant and spirited away? Um, uh, because that's I, a good I'm question. wondering, Yeah, like, is she, like, there to determine, like, okay, there's Imperial assets, and we either need to burn them to make sure that they don't tell what we've been up to, or mm-hmm. if they're still, you know, willing to work for us but she's she also plays everything with this conflict like is there also a possibility that is the double or the, i guess triple agent possibility still on the table
0: i don't think so i mean this reveal is pretty black and white
1: it's like she's got the same reaction to like Andor has when he kills one of his assets it's like he's not happy about it and he feels bad but also he's committed to the cause so fuck him yeah, yeah,
0: I, I think so. I, I think if Pershing was not willing to continue his research, I mean, he's he's manipulable, right? Like, that's the real thing. That's the reason she kills him is because he could be turned because um, he was turned twice in that episode, right?
2: Mm,
1: yeah, I so, suppose. But it was always for like, oh, because I, I really want to serve the New Republic, you know? It's not because mm-hmm. the New Republic sucks. It's just, you know, they don't understand right. how I could be helping them.
0: So, I don't know. Uh, big developments there. We get to find out that she is up to no good. Uh, still working with Gideon. Gideon's alive. He's out there. He had no trouble getting away, apparently. Uh, and then he goes and meets with a group of Imperial Holograms. They talk about Grand Admiral Thrawn's coming return. And then Gideon requests reinforcements to deal with the Mandalorians. And they agree to provide them. Um
1: there's a lot of cool stuff in here. There's sure. him walking past his laser storage grid of these strangely light-colored dark troopers. Mm-hmm. Then past rows of clone tanks and he steps in his holo conference uh with all these imperial warlords. I just thought this was a great scene. It it also makes a lot of sense like we were speculating like what faction of mandos would work with Moff Gideon because, you know, he's an imperial and they're the ones that destroyed their world, etc. Well, he's a set up shop on mandalore and he's mining but just like you we kind of like said it's like he's <laughs> right, it? yeah and he's 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 doing it we asked a question to two episodes later moff gideon's do it doing it um
0: yeah this is this is an interesting sort of twist on hide and plain side as well right like you've devastated sure. the whole world of your enemy you've driven them from it they think it's all destroyed and you're down there covertly creating a force to destroy them even further i love it thought that yeah. was really cool. Uh, Project Necromancer, though, is just the dumbest name for this. <laughs> I mean, but it's hmm, also I wonder the what dumbest... Project necromancer and what they're doing over but, there working on. The, that. I,
1: I, I took this as deliberate commentary on the stupidity of the rise of Skywalker.
0: Okay. Like All right, this sure. like
1: the 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 like okay, somehow Emperor Palpatine uh returned. If you guys are not gonna spend even two seconds thinking about it, then we're not gonna spend mm-hmm. one second on the name. It's gonna be obvious and stupid. Project Necromancer. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna bring back a horrifying space wizard from death. What do we call it? Project Necromancer. I kinda yeah. they love nailed it. it. I kinda love it. Yeah. If that's what yeah, they were going for. They nailed it. And they got I think this is supposed to be Commander Hux's father. Or Admiral hmm. Hux or General okay. Hux or whatever. Um is it Dom geez, what is Gleason? It? Dom Hall Gleason, yes. Uh but I think that's supposed to be his his father, uh that's working on Project Necromancer, which explains why his son ends up so highly placed even though he's clearly kinda out of his depth. Huh. okay. Uh but the big news is uh Captain Pelion, who if you're a uh heir to the Empire fan from way back in like nineteen ninety one <laughs> you know is grand admiral thron's right hand man hmm uh i'm very curious at how they handle grand admiral thron if it's going to be an actor with cg if it's going to be just all conventional if it's going to be all cg
0: so they uh, talked about this I, I read an interview um maybe with both of the F's. i can't remember uh but they talked about Grand Admiral Thrawn. He's played by Lars Mikkelsen, I think. So, no shit. he is not going to be all CG. And they were talking about him spending hours in the makeup booth and how hard it is to get that blue just right. So, oh, yeah, I bet. Okay. I, I, I think they're doing a pretty good job. They're taking a lot of care with that.
1: Yeah. Lars Mikkelsen, he's the, the one I most recognize him as he played the kind of Putin analog in House of Cards. Okay. It's been a while.
0: I don't quite remember him. That was like eight years ago or something.
1: Yeah, it was a long time. But that that that's cool. All right, good. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. It's 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 funny because they're treating this as like it's like maybe a rumor. Um, Moff Gideon is kind of shitting on the idea that uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is returning. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 a perfect council of imperial warlords because none of them trust each other. The only thing that kind of unifies them is an external threat. They all fear and respect Mandalore, mm-hmm. or the power of Mandalore, and uh, they're kind of clowning on Gideon and his reinforcements until he makes it clear that he's he's taken out a larger threat for them, and then they fall they 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 fall in line.
0: Yeah, and I think part of the reason they fear resurgent mandalore so much is because they've got their project sort of headquartered there right like at least gideon's arm of it um yeah they they don't want them coming back to reclaim their homeland and destroying their operations there so yeah uh the other good news about the thrawn stuff for you aaron i know you're a big fan is that one of Thrawn's? uh let's say acolytes i I thought it was going to be his right hand man that's how i heard it phrased it's going to be played I just by West
1: was. Yes. Yes. That's Amos from The Expanse, if you don't know. Yeah. He's great. He is. He's dreamy. I like him. I like him a lot. I, I'm curious to see him. Uh, or, I wonder if they're going to have him kind of play essentially the same role. Mm-hmm. He's going to be like a dead eyed killer, or if they're going to let him show a little bit more range.
0: I hope more range because if you listen to him talk or you hear him interviewed, or listen to his podcast tying that guy you know that he is nothing like amos in real life yeah 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 yeah. uh and he has a lot more range he can be extremely charming and i oh yes i I think it would be real cool to see him do something other than you know dead-eyed killer kind of thing
1: (laughs) that's gonna be worse you know that the grandma Theron had that like nogiri the the shadow uh-huh.
0: assassin species and mm-hmm. it was
1: like this they always described it as like a vampire bat looking thing they're just gonna bury him under pounds and pounds of latex <laughs> makeup and have him be a horrifying assassin alien that's I just stalking in the shadows because yeah it's like i yeah it's because like, like when the, he was described in casting as uh a thrawn's right hand man i'm like what the fuck is that are they gonna are they gonna kill captain paleon i don't know um i mean they can they can wreck on all that
0: right it's all star wars yeah. legends at this point so yeah. sure they could just change it they don't have to abide um, by the book i like this captain
1: paleon because they always describe him in the book as kind of like you know uh like like the good imperial kind of like uh they talk about him like he's uh rommel You know, I was like, well, yeah, he's a Nazi, (laughs) but he was a principled, honorable Nazi that might have not wanted to do all the thing. And he's like, you know, because he uh, his internal uh, monologues in like Air of the Empire is always about like, you know, how stupid um, uh, Palpatine's anti-alien racism was and how dumb the. You know, stupid reliance on super weapons and force powers and, you know, just just he believes in order in the galaxy, damn it, and wants to bring it with as minimal fuss and must as as possible. Um, Yeah, I I, kind of like that archetype. Mm -hmm. The one respectable guy on the shit heel side. Um, But I don't know if they're going to have West Chatham's. I feel like they're going to throw the old man over and just make it the, the, the Chatham show. Yeah, that'd be all right with me. Yeah, I guess I, I'd miss I'd, I'd miss
0: Paleon. All right, Bo's Mando's. But there's always
1: Project Necromancer. Anyone <laughs> that dies, it's true. Just bring him back. No one's true. No one's ever really gone. Mm-hmm. Not in Star
0: Wars. It's bad as the fucking X Men lately. I tell you. Bo's Mandos arrive on Navarro. uh Bo worries that her Mandos won't get along with Mando's Mandos. Seems to be some tension, but the armor tells her Mandos to prepare a feast. Uh, And then Grief gives Mando a booze gift and says, I have another gift also. Uh, I love that people are so enthralled with rebuilding Navarro that they do not notice an Imperial shuttle coming in until it literally casts a shadow on them. Yeah. These things are mag they're gigantic, and they don't see them coming in the sky. Come on.
1: Or like on long-range hyperspace sensors like this sure sure this this world is it kind of needs new republic protection it seems like because (laughs) they they, we've seen the entire population of the town is like 40 50 people Mm -hmm. Uh, nobody's looking at the space scopes they're just really and and i thought it was cool that like they portray is kind of worried about this development like, it's yeah. all well and good when you've got a whole bunch of you know, uh, Mandalorians, like a 50, 60 of them huddled on the outskirts of town. But when they start landing Star Destroyers in mm-hmm. your backyard, you're like, Jesus, who's the guest and
0: who is the host? You know, yeah. they're all going to want land. I don't know if they have that much land. Right, right. And uh, so he's he's trying Can't to make do all some magistrates.
1: Uh, he's trying to do some scotch bottle diplomacy here with some yeah. chorus Coruscantian liquor. Mm -hmm. and a horrifying metal puppet
0: apparently this is michael jordan's tequila bottle did you did you find anything out about this bottle i don't know why i always look up liquor bottles when i see them but this is apparently a real liquor bottle it's michael uh, jordan has a tequila brand okay michael jordan has tequila because of course any big celebrity needs a tequila brand um yeah and yeah this is one of his bottles i guess well okay how much is a bottle of michael jordan's tequila
1: so we we just looked it up this these uh these michael jordan bottles start at 140 dollars and go up from there uh damn his liquor is more than his shoes (laughs) in some cases Uh you can wear those on your
0: feet for years well but you gotta buy two of them that's the catch oh that's true so you can either buy shoes for you know a hundred bucks or you could buy two bottles of booze for 280 and wear those on your feet <laughs> i don't know man glass slippers indeed uh is it any coincidence that it they busted out the michael jordan tequila in chapter 23
1: oh my god <laughs> how michael jordan cameo is all i'm saying go. episode 8 that's why they had to stuff the ma- two episodes of the Mandalorian in the book of Boba because they knew the mark. chapter shit wouldn't work. Yeah. And they had a yep. the sponsor that sponsor already <laughs> lined up two years ago. <laughs>
0: Insane. Anyway, that's, that's just a little bit of trivia. It's pretty dumb. Yeah, um, I couldn't help but think, you know, if you're trying to. uh Smooth things over between two disparate groups of mandos. Taking your helmets off right as you meet them is probably not the best move, but it does make but, a statement. It does say this is who we are. So deal with it. Yes, I guess. yeah, and
1: that's like I was want to talk about like the latest in cult watch because. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard the armor do any kind of like everyone has to be. We all must be united under the way of Mandalore. Like she's content to bang her hammer and tongs together, invite everyone to feasts and let everybody show their faces. And even though it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable, I actually gives me a little hope that they are. It it's not gonna be everyone embraces the way of the Mandalore, but the Death Watch people are going to slowly embrace the ways of maybe we can show our face and still be honorable. I mean like the Mando's speech at the end, it's like what matters to me is honor and loyalty mm-hmm. and
0: uh and character. Uh yeah, I I'm, I wanna I'm... say it's because the armor is sort of deferring to Bo at this point as the person who's gonna yeah. unify the Mandos. But if you look at it, you know, from a certain point of view, Mando is the one who is unifying the Mandos, right? If if it becomes more about honor, if that is the way, uh, then, yeah, you could see that as Mando kind of leading the way. Yeah. All right. Grief takes Mando inside and shows him what they've done to IG-11. Apparently, they've removed his brain and turned him into a vehicle for Grogu called IG-12 which I assume stands for Integrated Gogu, Grogu 12. Uh, <laughs> he rides IG-12 through the streets, making, uh, taking various market goods for himself. I love this scene. If Yeah, right. I don't think about how horrifying it is. But it's so fun, right? You stick Grogu in here. All he can do is say yes or no. He loves saying it. He loves teetering around in this droid this reminds me so much of the vibe of like yoda on dagobah the first time you meet him yes mine mine," that kind of stuff right right yeah this felt extraordinarily star wars to me trying to steal
1: candy bars and granola bars and whatnot no i i it's very funny like him like stiff arming his dad and being like Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) the, the whole um you know get him out of there no well how about we just let him uh pile it around yes now we got to get him out of there no it's it's and then once he starts stomping around outside he just keeps he just strutting around saying yes yes yes
2: yes, yes. yes. he (laughs) loves it man
1: Yes, he's just so happy and like and everyone is taking notice of this giant hulking thing is going down, <laughs> taking this glee and just watches, just yes, yes, it's 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 unnerving people and Mando's mm-hmm. sitting there, like, oh man, it's really <laughs> funny. I'm amazed he could tolerate it, because it's really annoying. But he, he's that's just how much he, he he loves his his little his little boy. But True. uh no, it's it's like I said, it's it's horrifying, but also uh, it, like the whole concept is horrifying, and I'm I'm surprised they did it on the mm. the the back of last episode, which is so sympathetic to droids. But I mean, it's it's a tough galaxy out there for droids, man. They're just not valued or seen as human, even if you even if they build a statue out of you, which we already kind yeah. of talked about. How that alone was kind of horrifying,
0: but. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a fun scene. And then we go over to Bo telling the combined Mandos that it's time to take back their homeworld. She proposes that they park the fleet in orbit over Mandalore, send down a small landing party to figure out the status of the homeworld. Um, and then Mando volunteers himself and Grogu, and then pretty much all of the Mandalorians volunteer, including the armor.
1: Yeah. He, uh... That's pretty much what happens. Um, they're just gonna go and try to figure out exactly what the disposition of Mandalore and resettle it.
0: Yeah. Um, then we get them doing that. They take their fleet to Mandalore, the landing party drops in, they get started looking for the forge, but they run into a ship full of Mandalorians who turns out are still loyal to Bo. And who Unless they're would the spies? Show well Unless they're, just, yeah. they're, they're part of the spies. It could be the titular spies. Skinny Pete would never be a spy. <laughs> Charles Baker, too good to play a spy. Did you
1: recognize him right off the bat? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Same, same. I'm He's like, by God, that's look. skinny. That's skinny Pete. And if you don't know, what we're talking about uh, uh, Breaking Bad. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you can't possibly understand this episode of The Mandalorian unless <laughs> you've seen every episode of every uh-huh. season of Breaking Bad. Uh, you need to understand the skinny P performance to understand what Charles Baker is doing here mm-hmm. with his uh, surviving scout character. I think is how he's credited. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You just know that this guy is addicted to death sticks and he's uh-huh. probably out there scram- like scratching around for him. Sure. Sure. They it's it's funny they asked
1: for food when they what they really wanted was was uh, their their death sticks.
0: You can mm-hmm. tell. So there's some restraint. Restraint that they're they're showing here. Yeah. He's just trying to get off world so he can go to the spice mines of Kessel. Oh my god, yeah. Just <laughs> can you imagine if there's a meth meth mines. <laughs> meth mines of Kessel, yeah. Oh man. Uh Oh, maybe that's what that's why he's so happy on uh, Mandalore here, because they glass the surface. Mmm, of course,
1: of course. Do <laughs> you think they call their trimaran here the crystal ship? Uh-huh,
0: yep. So what is this thing, man? It's some weird land glider. Is this a typical Mandalorian vehicle, or is this like a scavenged, uh, sort of thrown-together vehicle?
1: I think it's the latter. Like, I think that they do have okay. these things, like, in salt flats. You know, very flat kind of hard mm-hmm. ground where you can you know tie ski they all they also do this like on frozen lakes. I've seen guys do um like these lake this lake sailing and stuff and it just feels like one of these um post apocalyptic mad max contraptions that they have lashed together to travel distances on Mandalore now that yeah. everything has just been been destroyed in an in a inferno.
0: Seemed like it to me too. Um, I thought it was cool.
1: Like at first, I thought they were like um, sailing, uh-huh. and then I got that like no, they're actually just scooting over the glass surface of the world, and I thought that was kind of yeah. neat.
0: They've got some. Uh, they're not pontoons. What are they called? Skis? Skis? Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like a snowmobile, except it glides across the land. Yeah. Um, land barge. Land skiff. Land skiff. I like it. So they have a meal with those Mandos where Bo has to tell them the story of her surrender to Moff Gideon. And she laments that it's always their own division that destroys their people. Uh, I don't remember what we already knew of her backstory. This is played like a big character reveal, like that she actually surrendered to save her people. Um, yeah, I think I think this is stuff
1: that the Clone Wars people knew, although maybe. Okay maybe it's like a there's a gap but that's the thing it's like that's why i think this is annoying is like i just want this thing to tell me the story in its own terms and now i'm like did, did, did this is something i'm half remembering from an email a long time ago or or what right but um yeah the fact that she tried to secure an uh a, uh, a surrender with honor type terms with the empire and the in mm-hmm, the empire to betrayed people. them yeah I mean, I think that's like pretty noble and and you, you question the wisdom of the empire uh welching on that deal uh,
0: but but you also like it might be noble in our culture, but in their culture, it's sort of heretical, right it's sort of seen it's as not forbidden. the way right it's yeah. definitely not the way they want to fight to the death to the last last person, and you can see that sure. reflected in the mandos who were still there uh they say. They've spun their own fiction, which is we resisted to the last person. We would not surrender. And so the Empire tried to wipe us out, but they couldn't. That's not at all is, what happened. The
1: thing that I didn't think they did a very good job is why the Mandalorians all kind of were cool with this explanation. It felt like someone should have been pissed off or outraged.
0: Yeah. And I think there are and looks fact, of of kind of dismay and horror on their faces when they cut back to them. But. They don't voice it.
1: Right. The only one that voices is, is the Mando himself, Jin Jaron, who says that this makes me think you're even cooler. You know, <laughs> right,
2: right. So that's I horrible. that's
1: like if, it, if it's a completely new, I because like look at the way the Mandalorian covert treated when Jin got up and suggested that they take this parcel of play. Like they're all this murmuring and like, oh, my God, I can't believe and like Paz mm-hmm. had to get up and give this speech to kind of quell it. But this is just kind of like was, I thought, taken in stride a little bit, except for yeah. the guys who were surviving on the surface. Right. I thought that there was a couple looks between them and they this might be something that they uh, that they remember. Um, this this might be them becoming spies. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you look at their proximity to Moff Gideon, you could say maybe he's influenced them. Maybe he sent them out knowing the Mandos were here.
1: Well, especially uh, since they felt like such failures and then she gave them mm-hmm. up so long ago and they've been sitting on this blasted world uh, trying to fulfill her last orders if they and, and like I could see some real resentment in that, mm-hmm. you know, For sure. and they they hate everybody. They hate the night owls that left. They hate the uh, Death Watch that did nothing. You know, they I feel like they have real if, if you want to put a finger on some Mandalorian dissenters who are going to cause some problems in the future, it might be them.
0: Yeah, I can see it. Uh, After Bo's confession, Mando encourages her to keep trying to unify their people by saying that he only believes in honor and she's got it in spades. The newfound Mandos tell Bo that they can take her to the forge, so they set off for it in their weird surface glider. Yeah, Uh, they're very
1: enthusiastic here. So like mm-hmm. either they got over it quickly or this is them leading them deliberately into a trap. And it kind of feels that way. The way the red everything
0: else pulls out. Yeah. Like I they... mean, Gideon knows exactly where they are seemingly. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Paz uh, all on the ride to the forge. Paz and Axe get into a fight. But wait, wait, over... wait a second.
1: Wait a second. I want to challenge that. It's possible that Gideon had no idea where they were. It's just that Gideon set up shop next to the Great Forge makes a lot of sense. That's where all the Beskar is, right? Sure. It's already kind of like all the tunnels probably lead there. So it's more of like the Mando's objective just happened to be Gideon's base.
0: Yeah. But When I I say like he knows exactly where they are, I mean like when they show up, he's on top of them. He already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's got a trap ready to spring on them. But they're just like two hallways and
1: two blast doors away from his base. So it's like <laughs> true, true. I mean, I, I'm not trying to think it's like I, I, I believe I, I believe you. I'm playing uh, Gideon's advocate here. Uh, and then I'm trying to be like, yeah, well, maybe may, maybe because because otherwise you think that Skinny P and the other guys just went and said, fuck these guys. We're going to give them up to the Imperials, which is kind of wild, too, because like maybe they hate the Mandalorian, yeah. but there's no way they would betray them to Gideon of all people
0: yeah the reason I'm I'm inclined to think it was more of a trap and he was on to them is because he says as much at the beginning right like I need these things to fight off the mandos who I know are because he coming. knows they're coming and right you know, okay yeah so, All right. I mean that's that's my guess it could also be the latter that they just showed up and he's like well I got all my guys here so let's kill him uh, anyway, Paz and Axe get into a fight over some Mandalorian game. I it chess like game, I assume.
1: Yeah, uh, it's 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 not Hollow Chess and nope. it's not Sabac. So hmm. God only knows what it could be. <laughs> Those are the only two Star Wars na- games I know.
0: Uh, IG twelve steps in to stop the fighting because he's the only one who can. Uh, I gotta say, not wearing a helmet in a fight is a huge disadvantage. Yeah, One punch fact, from him, and you're done, man.
1: Yeah, like, uh, who'd you say this guy's name was? This cocky 9 owl guy? Axe. Axe Woves. Axe Woves, Jesus. Uh, when, yeah, he does, like, a rocket knee right to Paz's grill. Uh-huh. And you gotta wonder if he would have had his teeth left if he had been wearing his helmet. Like, yeah, fucking wear your helmet. In a duel? In a uh-huh. knife duel? Right? I continue to love the Vibro technology. It's so cool, the way they envision it.
0: Yeah, I like it. I, I don't know More how you hold vibranized. on to something like that, but cause mm. I'm thinking of like that effect where, let's say you're skateboarding really fast down a not super smooth surface, like a mm. big long paved hill or something. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of vibration that happens and it's hard just to stand on the board. I imagine holding onto one of those vibro blades isn't easy. They must have, the the handle must be really isolated and comfortable because
1: yeah yeah i don't yeah. know if, what the fuck you're talking about in terms of uh skateboarding but like yeah if you've ever like done a chainsaw for a while it can actually do nerve <laughs> okay. damage yeah, yeah like uh you can get permanent nerve damage from your hands being vibrated so mm-hmm. they, they must have that they must have that fig- figured out plus they're wearing beskar gloves god god only knows
2: true true
0: um so when ig12 steps in Mando says he didn't learn that from me. He must have learned it from Luke, right? This is the the more pacifist, more like conflict averse Luke teachings.
1: Yeah, yeah. He stopped him with the sheer wholesomeness. Mm-hmm. It was sweet. It was sweet too. As funny as the yes, 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 him coming in and separating him physically with the no, no, no was was mm-hmm. uh, pretty pretty cute in a different way.
0: Uh, Then we get a quick scene of the armor taking the starving Mandos back to their fleet in orbit. And then the Mandos headed to the forge, run into a big old creature and their ship is destroyed, but they happen to be right outside the forge. So they just kind of walk in. Um, The forge has been. This is not a mythosaur, right? I don't think so. No. Some other creature. Man,
1: Fucking Mandalore is infested with all kinds of kaiju. Ride one of those. That'll impress me. That's what I'm talking about. Fuck your mythosaurus. Strap, uh-huh. strap your leg over. Throw your leg over one of these bad boys and see what happens. I'll follow you then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Forget your little dark saber business. Um. Yeah, I, I, it's a, it's such a weird thing. Like they're just giant monsters under the ground, and it pops out, and they can run into a mine shaft and escape it. It's, it's weird. Also, maybe I maybe these the fact things that were the Mandalorians- created
0: by, by like the, the radiation from the bombing or something, right? These, well, these creatures they, didn't exist She even exist said before. there's been
1: these great beasts have been awoken from slumber. Like, yeah, like they're like, imagine if their dinosaurs didn't die out. They just hibernated. Like the comet hit, they're like, ah, fuck, yeah. it's cold. We're going to dig, we're going to dig under a quarter mile of mud. And then we woke them up with atomic bomb. That's actually the plot of,
0: godzilla a lot of movies yeah godzilla yeah. phantoms a but King's yeah movie. like what
1: yeah what if like all these wooly mammoths and giant ground sloths and uh uh-huh. tyrannosaurs just popped out of the ground when we, when we got a little too frisky <laughs> with the environment <laughs> maybe, maybe that'd be a good thing yeah yeah well let's see um
0: what were you we gonna say the imperial, oh, I just
1: i love the fact that Mandos remember they have jetpacks and they don't have to sit, yeah, stand against doomed odds. You know, it's like they forget mm-hmm. that when they're in an alley on Navarro, but when their skiff's about to just be destroyed, they can yeah. just bone out. All right, we just bone out, we're not stuck here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hit the
0: bricks, guys, they're out of there. Uh, yeah, so they headed to the caves where they find uh, a whole boatload of Beskar-enhanced dark troopers who fly in and attack them. Bo's guide decides to run. This is this is Axe. Uh, decides to run and fetch the fleet while they fight off the Imperials. At least I think it's him because he's now got his helmet on. Uh, they eventually find a whole Imperial base. Mando's captured by Moff Gideon. Bo and the others run while uh, Paz stays behind to provide cover, and he's killed by Gideon's Praetorian guards. End of the episode. It's a lot here. They did a good job of like having
1: Paz and Axe go on this one episode arc of being distrustful and kind of um, scornful of each other, and then getting a grudging respect. And Grogu, um, you know, kind of squashing the beef. Um, I still wondered. Anytime one guy escapes from like what's a sh- surely a would be massacre. And he's kind of like per- played with a little bit of a skewed angle. Like, do you think Axe is a spy? Hmm. The spies are. Cause what the fuck did he do? He just escaped. Right. Yeah. Like he, he did away. bring reinforcements. I
0: guess Not we'll have yet. to wait till next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I cause assume like... there's going to be a fleet battle next time. Right. You got the TIE right, bombers. You've got all be, these yeah. Mandalorian ships in orbit. Yeah. I yeah. think so. So we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, it is convenient that he gets the hell out of there. Um, mm-hmm. So I think they've done a fair bit of disservice to dark troopers in this episode. They talk like they are that. upgraded by Beskar armor, right? Sure. Um, and he's talking about the, this Frankenstein army made of Jedi powers and Beskar, Mandalorian Beskar and the Imperial the clones, whatever. Yeah, clones. Yeah. But they're de facto weaker than the dark troopers we saw Mando fight on the ship in season two's finale. So it seems like what are we doing? Like, Paz just mows. Mando almost got killed by a single one of these, couldn't really take it out himself. Uh, Paz just mows them down by the hundreds with just a gun. It is like a heavy repeating blaster. I mean, it's like if you.
1: Sure. uh... If you use a handgun on something and then you get out a fifty caliber machine gun and you're like, "Oh my god, how is it doing so much more damage?" Well, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I felt like they were like dark troopers in a video game. They're but roughly they're three times to harder upgraded. to kill than a stormtrooper. You know?
0: Yeah, well, these I know. are supposed but, to be best car
1: upgraded ones. I, but you had I one know. Mando versus a couple of now. You've got like a whole squad of Mandos versus kind of like roughly equal. I I did think they they lost their minds a little bit at the end because Paz was just like, like you said, mowing them down. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. he had to get six or seven shots dead on target. He was just like, if it if if any of his beams touch these guys, they're going down.
0: Yeah, I I was Um, way they felt like much more of a threat in the season two uh, appearance than they do here. And that's Mm. a shame because they're talking about how they're so upgraded and then they do them a further disservice by bringing in the Praetorian guards, which are what I would expect the dark troopers to be um, Mm. in terms of power level. Right. This is power creep. This is like uh, they came out with a new set, Magic the Gathering, and suddenly (laughs) your dark troopers suck compared to, you know, this 5-4 Praetorian guard for one blue and one uh, colorless. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I so I thought
1: my I I remember the old lore for the Imperial Guard, who they've turned into the Praetorian Guard now, mm-hmm. and how they are like the elite of the elite stormtroopers, and they're specially trained to fight like Jedi opponents, and they have upgraded armor. And I feel like that three of those should be an easy match for a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. um and they would be i would think uh an imperial guard would be harder to beat than a dark trooper but i do too oof three of them uh, like like what uh, that's the thing is that like, he just 1v30 of these of of the dark troopers mm-hmm. um and then you got the praetorian guard on top of it yeah i don't know it did i i did like 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 i thought paz looked so badass he like i i've talked about it a million times he looks like a titan from destiny He's got this heavy weapon, and it's like starting to glow red and orange, and it just like melts together. And then he uses that to beat mm-hmm. a couple of guys, and he's he's punching dudes and best car armor out, and throwing them off cliffs. And it just made him seem like a real badass. And I guess I like Paz enough that I'm okay with them kind of besmirching, because like I guess in the next, what you really need to understand is these guys would just be unstoppable against your average Republic troops, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think what they're saying is that these are knockoff. They're not as good as a Mandalorian. They are a compromise taking the best parts of three or four different warrior species, but they're not quite as good as a full Jedi or a full Mandalorian, Mm -hmm. Um, but they can overwhelm them. But like, yeah, against your average stormtrooper army or against your average New Republic army, these guys are going to just cut through them like
0: hot butter. So I think... Yeah, th- this is what I don't like about it. They simultaneously try to, in the same scene, upgrade them, and then they de facto downgrade them by yeah. having the Praetorian guards, by having Paz mow through them. They're saying in this scene they're upgraded and better than ever, but I've seen how good they were before, and now I see I them I as to go back just and- getting should- mowed down.
1: I wish I'd gone back and watched because uh the the other dark trooper scene to see what you're talking about because i remember them doing the same kind of tricks like mando is just running into them and soaking up shots with his best car armor which is kind of what they all do in mass in this episode so like I, I, yeah oh, i don't know yeah i don't know i had a that. slight problem with how easily paz is killing them but yeah.
0: anyway uh not not the biggest problem in the world now we just need to understand that the praetorian guards are the real threats to watch out for yeah, uh, but I
1: mean that's the other thing is like the Dark Troopers are still mass produced troops. They're not sure. like ever going to be as good as a Praetorian Guard,
0: but there are going to be a lot more of them, and so that's
1: why, why they're. Dangerous. Why did the Mandalorians? Because there's this one scene where it's supposed to be this badass where it's like they've taken because we didn't even talk about this. They they took man uh, Mando down. They just like rope mm-hmm. him up and disarm him and lead him away, separate him from Grogu. That's very sad. Um, but like, uh, Moff Gideon, you know, is uh, issuing this ultimatum from the other side of the blast door saying like, you know, you need to give me the dark saber, renounce your, uh, rule over Mandalore and make me the commander. And her and Paz kind of look at each other and Paz nods and says, this is the way all the Mandalorians just open up fire on the blast door. And Bo-Katan runs to the other side and starts cutting. Why did the Mandalorians do that? Shoot the blast door? I don't know. Is it just like just defiance? Is it like yeah. giving cover to like hiding what Bo Katan's doing because it doesn't it's like work? like flipping him the bird. Okay. The <laughs> no, I don't know, but I assume, yeah. They can't show their face, but they can bare cheeks. They just do the brave heart <laughs> thing where they drop, they drop mm-hmm. the trap. And they just moon Gideon. Cause that's the thing is that Gideon can't hurt until that blast door comes up. No one can hurt anyone. I yeah. don't buy that you can just shoot through what what does it, it look like a like a foot of durasteel yeah no uh way. yeah i don't i don't think that small arms can penetrate that even Paz's fucking rifle but i don't know maybe it is it just defines i thought that was just funny though that they're all just blasting this door uh
0: to to no avail i mean gideon here is delusional too right like the idea that you can just hand him the darksaber and suddenly the mandalorians are going to follow him is insane it seems like it's the way they work,
1: though. Maybe they're changing. Maybe this—they're um, going to have this thing where all three of the distinct cults kind of like um, temper each other, and and uh, they they have yeah. a new era of tolerance and unity on Mandalore. I think that's kind of where they're going for. But
0: yeah, I, um, I think it's—they've kind of made that point over the course of the season. Is that? But, but Gideon still thinks
1: changing. they're the old Mandalorians, right? And right. he thinks they're going to be easy to fracture and and divide and. You know, what she? Yeah, I mean, but the, like, it's a good bet. That's the, their entire history, according to Bo Katan. They're too powerful to be taken down by anyone but themselves.
0: I, I mean, fool me once, shame on you, right? Like, uh, the the you can't. You're really gonna follow the Imperial with the dark saber mm. after what the Imperials did to you? Like it, even well, if he thinks since- that they're the old Mandos. Yeah. He's got to know that there's a history here, and they're probably unwilling to trust the Empire in any way, right? Yeah,
1: and uh, especially since the flavor of his threat was, lay down your arms, renounce your saber, renounce the planet, and I'm going to kill you anyway. Because
2: <laughs> okay. that's what he's saying,
1: like, the purge of Mandalore will be complete. Like, not the surrender oh. of Mandalore. Right, so, so why yeah. would they?
0: And he's talking to a culture that fights to the death they there is honor it's like telling the klingon to lay down his is maybe he sword, just thinks right? he's an untouchably
1: powerful because the other thing is we haven't talked sure. about is while they're desperately trying to escape this situation he's already sending his interceptors and his bombers out to destroy their fleet yeah um which would would suck um so yeah i don't know i i, I but he yeah i think gideon is delusional he's got this darth armor now uh, did you notice his helmet is kind of modeled along the lines of um uh, uh, God damn it, the the, the Ray Park guy, uh, Darth, Darth Ball? Maul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got those little kind of like hook horn shapes around like, like a little bit of a crown. Okay, yeah, I can I see I thought it. that was kind of deliberate. But yeah, I, I think you're supposed to understand he is delusional. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's the only hope of the Empire. The, all the other guys are dupes, and he's got a grand plan that's going to unite everyone under his banner.
0: Yeah, I assume that when Thrawn does return. I assume Thrawn's gonna return considering he's been cast in Ahsoka. Uh that there's gonna be a battle between him and Gideon. Cause I don't think yeah. Gideon is on board with the plan of the council or whatever group of Imperials he's working with currently. He's just using them. Well Try and, that's he's trying to concentrate is like, his own power, right? He probably yeah. views this as an opportunity. Like I've been attacked by Mandalorians. This is an opportunity for me to gain more reinforcements, more power, concentrate uh the the group's power on me
1: as much as i would love to see a battle between gideon and thron the thing that really depresses me is that i think we have a three there's a there's a triumvirate here uh, trying to wrestle for supremacy of the empire and it's thron it's gideon and it's fucking Sheev palpatine's corpse uh-huh and i know who wins <laughs> i sure. know who wins yeah and it's the dumbest option <laughs> it's the dumbest of these three options so mm-hmm. like the double f's have a huge task cut out ahead of them to make that okay
0: are are they going to hmm I'm trying to think are they going to parallel maybe the new republic's disarray uh with maybe the disarray within the ranks here between gideon and thrawn well and i mean i, that's I assume all you coming- always
1: Yeah, you always think your side is the most fractious until you look over the fence and like, oh my God, they're going at it. Right. Vibro knife and tong over there. But (laughs) I, I, uh, yeah, I think they're showing that they are as as not as you. And that was kind of like a thing with the Andor too. It's like you think, you know, the rebels think that the Imperials are these, this monolithic unified front uh, and they're not. There's all kinds of petty Mm. squabbles and rivalries and feudal regimes and all kinds of stuff. So there's it's just like again i i have i've seen the movies and i know which side it's <laughs> it's 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 sheev with his thousand star destroyers is going to, is going to come out on top of this global shit heap and or i'm sorry galactic shit shit, shit heap mm-hmm. i undersold it um and
0: uh i don't know how they make that cool but we'll see we'll see i i think it has a lot of potential to be cool uh you know you, you have to ignore a lot of stuff that's going to come after this but it, here in this show or i guess in this series of shows uh i think they have potential to make it cool and there's also oh god it's not even it's, there's also snoke you gotta fit oh, snoke
1: yeah. in there snoke is the you know he's the he's the fake sheave
0: and he's tough to fit in off the real one you know when he's when he's, he's yeah. manifesting as that gigantic yeah he's tough to fit anywhere yeah tough to travel with know. that guy
1: do you think that's gonna be one of the attempted res- do you think um Snoke is going to be one of the attempted Sheaves. Oh
0: yeah, he's a fucked up. Clone, I always thought he sure. looked a little, a little mm-hmm. like fucked up Palpatine. Yeah. Yep. Old Sheev. I, I mean the. Hmm. How's Boba Fett going to feel about all this? <laughs>
2: Boba Fett, this Fett is like,
0: is
1: is trying to hold on to the throne of Java. That's some small stakes. I don't care. I don't
0: care. <laughs> Fair. I mean, I don't care really either. Close that but book. like close that book if we're and talking burn it. clones. Your dad's Close got a history book. with clones, man. You burn got a history it. with clones, man. <laughs> Close the
1: book, burn it, defund any library that refuses. I'm <laughs> I've, I've going scorched earth on the Book of Boba.
0: Fair. I guarantee Disney is not. Disney is going mm-hmm. to make a second season of Book of Boba, whether you like it or not, Aaron.
1: Yeah, maybe Ron DeSantis can save us. He can just forget about all this uh, critical race theory and uh, Moff DeSantis and, and 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 concentrate on banning the book of Boba to protect our children. There from you go. The stupidity that they would get from from watching future future installments of it. Anyway. Probably not. Probably that's not. That's it. Uh we got some feedback though. Would you like to Thanks. consider that? Yeah,
0: let's do it. We have to rid this planet of enemy sorcerers. We'll be right back. try to make it super easy to support making podcasts at Bald Move. Just join the club. But some people aren't the joining type, or maybe they're already in the club but want to add a little bit of gratuity for an especially great season of coverage, or for a podcast that really spoke to them, or gave them that bit of support in a tough time. For these, and for whatever other reason you might have, our tip jar is always open. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click the donate option to say, hey, keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate it. Once again, check out support.baldmove.com
1: for all the great ways to help me and Jim keep making the podcast you love.
0: Since the dawn of time, we've been putting clothes on our back that identify us with our people, our group, our tribe. And why Bald Move might be one of the smallest, weirdest tribes out there, transcending all concepts of border, class, culture and creed. We still have respect for the old ways. At support.baldmove.com, you can get t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more. We have something for every one of our podcasts, or just wear the four pips of the Bald Move logo with pride. Bald Move merch beats running around naked, and they make a great gift for the Bald Move fan in your
1: life. Join our tribe. Head over to support.baldmove.com and click on merch to start shopping.
0: Beskar belongs to the Mandalorians. This podcast belongs to you. Here's more Tribe of Two. Uh, If you want to send the feedback, it's
1: easy. Mando at BaldMove.com. Here is a sampling. Fred H. says uh, he wants to talk about the fact that space Jews, not space Jehovah's Witnesses, are the lens that we should be looking through this. And a bow is going to be the one that leads them to the promised land, the place the armor cannot take them. Fred says one comment and discussion in the past few episodes on the covert as a cult. They're basically space Jews right down to the Halakha, the collected Jewish laws governing how one should live, translating as the way men and women may in many groups wear head coverings during religious services and in more orthodox communities. They wear them basically all the time. It's entirely reasonable to look at any religion as a cult and the more orthodox elements of any religion, especially I'm Catholic. The more militant, reactionary, frankly wackadoodle groups out there trying to bring back Latin mass and claiming Francis is a legitimate pope are not people I'd ever want to live with. And even though the mainstream Catholic Church has this well documented, awful record of protecting children, similarly, there's insular Jewish communities that make other Jews shake their heads. I do think it's worth considering if the story they're telling is different than the one seen filtered through the cult lens. If you pretend the helmet is a yarmulke, or a a yarmulke or a Scheitel, I think, as I pronounce that, the male and female head coverings, respectively. Does that change how it scans? There are people who are driven from their homeland and face extermination. They'll pare back a lot of cultural flexibility until a new ham- homeland is found. They're wandering in the desert and they're now, uh, uh, and only now finding their boses. <laughs> Let's see how they are when they get to Canaan. I'm not saying your reading is wrong, nor is your discomfort. We all bring our experiences to us when we interpret a story. I'm just trying to point out an alternate parallel that might be a less clearly bad than space J-dubs. Either way, love your coverage and have a great weekend. Well, thank you, Fred. Jim, mm-hmm. what are you, is your response to um, him trying to calm
0: us down about this whole thing?
1: Oh, I mean, I, I
0: assume... You're right on uh, that this should be viewed more through the lens of the the Jewish history and experience than the Jehovah's Witness experience or or really any like what you would think of as a cult. But I also your statement about, you know, any religion could register as a cult also resonates with me. Um, And it really has to depend on uh, it has to do with like control mechanisms. And there's a pretty severe one uh and i I look, I'm not familiar enough with the, the Jewish religion to know if those control mechanisms exist in real serious ways there um so maybe they do maybe this is an analog there, but yes, definitely I'm seeing it as the cult angle because of the control mechanisms,
1: yeah, it seems like a lot of um you know more modern i guess liberal uh jewish people they don't like when you're talking about control mechanisms you're talking about things like disfellowshipping excommunication uh-huh. stuff that we know that the the mandalorian cult practices and i guess that's why when jim and i are talking about cults we're not talking about kooky religions with obscure beliefs we're
0: talking yeah, I, about i don't care well, if you like to you know dress weird and like drink strange things unless they kill you i don't i don't like that uh but yeah it, it's not about like the customs of the thing it's about the structures of the religion and yeah and we're the, we're
1: talking about high control groups is what mm-hmm. they're technically called and that doesn't ne- need to be a religious affiliation it can be a secular thing it can sure. be a multi-level marketing scheme it can be uh, a a you know a philosophical um and you know it, it can be a lot of different things um but the it the, the control that they have over people's beliefs and their lives and their sexuality and uh it it's it comes with teeth it's not like hey this is the best we think this is the best way to live mm-hmm. and our education is free and take what you want and then you know if if it if it doesn't agree with you then we can go and part in peace it's more like the mafia where it's like if you join um yeah. for, and, and it's it's also one of those things where it's like um it's like a tar pit You know, uh, tar pits are bad because they stay beneath placid waters and animals go there to drink and they think, ah, here's a respite. And they step into that cold, clear water and then, oh, God, what is this tarry gunk? And, oh, I can't I can't get out. And now I'm drowning. Um, It's the fact that you can't get out of it. And it's also the groups try to hide those dangers beneath these placid waters of peace and brotherhood and Mm -hmm. all these things to kind of lure you in. Um, and I think that's that's a fundamental difference between these high control groups and other religions or cults, as kooky as they might all be. Um, and you know, when if, if we're talking from a secular standpoint, once you start talking about supernatural, it's like all kind of kookies are the you know are, are kind of the same. You know, like Zeus throwing lightning bolts is you know gods with multiple heads and elephant. You know, it's like it's it's and 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 zombie Jesus. It's all kind of like the 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 the, the, the as of a piece. In terms of like nonsense, right? But we're talking about the high control and it's um, anytime that they're like, oh, you don't believe what we believe. Well, we're going to take everything from you. The only community you've known is going to turn their back and you're going to be a a child in the world without any parents or brothers or sisters. That's that's abuse. And that's what I take issue with. And I need just for me, just for me, I need to see the Mandalorian cult at least soften on that point. Cause really that's it. Like if you just ask people to follow away and they can, they can leave anytime they want. I don't got any really problem with it.
0: You know, there are, there are religions out there that I would not to describe as cults that also have some of those mechanisms built in, but they don't use them as they're, they're not as quick to use them. I guess like you can be excommunicated as a Catholic,
1: right but how When's many the last people time are? It's happened and also right. what is the result of a modern excommunication like you can't take mass right. maybe but like your parents can still talk to you and have a meal with you and they can attend the birth exactly. of a child and you know that's so, that's so all the consequences a more aren't severe yeah 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 so anyway yeah but, but I, I think that's absolutely right with the the jewish stuff it should be right. viewed through that lens probably Probably. I still, I still have a problem with the excommunication. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, John G says, I only recently caught up with Andor, and it's by far the best thing Star Wars has ever made, but it goes beyond even that. It's the first thing I've seen in a long time, Star Wars or No, that treats rebellion against a powerful, tyrannical system realistically, and treats me like an adult. People in rebellions have to do bad things to fight bad systems. They often lose themselves in this effort, sacrifice people, do hard things, generally for a future they won't get to live in. I appreciate that someone finally gave me this non-childish view of the world and a Star Wars thing of all things. It's amazing. John, you might really like The Expanse.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: More more of that lays uh, with The Expanse. Uh, He continues, I don't know if the showrunners at Mandalorian are operating with the same level of excellence, but treating the New Republic the way they have is give me hope that they are. The thing you're complaining about is what gives me hope for the series. Because I find that's how it all works. That's why the stories usually end with the rebellion winning their fight because putting a system back in order after that without using any of the pieces that existed under the old system. You just overthrew is not something we've ever seen happen in our own real
0: history on earth. Mm -hmm. For example, when I'm complaining, I'm not complaining about the story they're telling when I say like the new Republic is stupid. What I'm saying is the new Republic is making decisions that they have to make (laughs) based on the facts on the ground. And like, They're not they're not acknowledging the dangers, you know. And I do think it's unfortunate when they
1: have Tim Meadows come on, not as a serious performance, but kind of a bumbling, comedic performance, because I do think it undercuts Hmm. the very real things we're talking about here, John. So that's something I do complain about. Um, But he wants to take example, the Russian Revolution in 1917,
2: Hmm. in order to maintain
1: a system that existed at all after winning control, one that didn't fall utterly into chaos. They had to put in place many of the same bureaucrats that had just done those jobs for the Tsar the people they'd just overthrown. This rehabilitation program we see in Mando and the inefficiencies of bureaucracy, perpetually short on resources and struggling to meet expectations across a vast territory of planetary systems is great to me. It's very realistic. That old military governmental organization out in the outer rim would quickly be breeding grounds for an empire rising again makes perfect sense. It's not a comment on a new republic in particular, but on how anyone anywhere who goes through something like this uh, the skills needed to create and sustain a covert rebellion long enough to fight, uh, build it to fighting strength, is very different from becoming the government uh, of all that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Um, honestly, as much as we love revolutions, um, because especially in our our country, the the history of that, like they're not have a great track track record. A lot of times, what replaces them is in many ways as awful as the thing that was before, if not more so. Um. I mean, I'm not saying revolutions are bad. It's kind of the only thing you no. got if the if the government's shitting on you and they won't stop. But I'm just saying that, like, it's 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 a desperate throw of the dice mm-hmm. to escape an intolerable situation. It's not like, oh, right. we'll just break the revolution gra- gra- uh, glass and we'll fight a war for a couple of years. And then once the right people are in charge, everything's going to be hunky-dory. So mm-hmm. that point's all well taken. I just... I'm a big tonal shift kind of guy. And anytime you're doing with something you're talking about serious subjects like are droid sentient beings is the new Republic, you know, doing a good job of maintaining control of the galaxy while they're also trying to respect people's individual life. I I hate seeing it turned into a, a fucking Benny Hill joke or a Monty Python skit. Like, yeah. And it's not that Mando can't be funny. It's just, you can't be funny when you're doing certain topics and scenes and stuff. And, you know, the, when when I see Star Wars torturing droids and it's seen as a joke in like mm-hmm. Jabba's palace and stuff like that, it's like, that's where it's like, I'm just like, eh, I don't know if that's, if that's it, chief. But again, that's just me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What was the, um, climate change comedy satire, uh, that came out? not too long don't, ago was it like, like don't DiCaprio look up or something Tri- yes yeah it's it that's kind of why i didn't care for that it's because it treated right. the subject a little too i mean i know it's a satire and that's kind of the point but something about it i just i can't laugh i can't laugh when we're in the midst of killing ourselves you know yeah
1: it's just like i don't like those uh those, those narco shows anymore as badass as the ours is because like god damn i just i just i hate being entertained by the drug war, something that's caused so much misery for so long that it's just it's hard for me to enjoy stories set in those tales um, or in, in that in that in that world. Um, let's move on to Steve. It says, can we all at least agree that the Quarren captain's eloping was very selfish?
0: This is the previous uh, episode. Sure. I mean, I, I don't know all the backstory there, but. Right. Yeah, I suppose so. Eloping typically is fairly selfish. <laughs> I mean that's that's love, right? You uh-huh. know? Uh
1: I did love the tube throne, the tube captain chair for the the the, the Quarrens and the Mon calamaris where they got uh-huh. like a little liquid tube that they can kind of and then it's their crash couch, too. right?
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I thought that was a really solid concept for like aquatic beings. Uh, Jesse says, am I crazy or did Filoni and Fav miss the tremendous opportunity to connect back to the IG-11 plot thread with Din encountering these Ugnaughts? They probably have the parts and he didn't even ask. Well, Jesse, they had bigger plans for IG-11 than bringing him back to life. Why do that? Mm -hmm. We can have his corpse being piloted by the adorable Grogu. (laughs) Uh... Just to show you how, where people's thoughts were last week. And finally, Christopher says, I think that Chapter 22 would have been far better if Commissioner Hellgate fesses up to or hints at having Moff Gideon being behind the sabotage of droids on Plazer 15. This would tie the episode to the Mandalorian overarching plot and not the prequels. Thus, the Jin and Bo-Katan sleuthing and murder mystery of the episode has a Mandalorian payoff, not a, not a Count Dooku payoff. It makes sense that Moff Gideon is trying to destabilize the New Republic Galaxy, not the Separatists. By having Commissioner Hellgate work for Moff Gideon, it would further validate the suspicions of Captain Tiva and heighten the mystery of who is behind the bad stuff happening on various planets. When the simple plot change solved the problems that everyone has with this episode, the cameo appearances would merely show how evil Moff Gideon's plotting is to place even Alice in Wonderland's goofy elected rulers al- under his long arm of manipulation, and show how various governments are vulnerable to the remains of the Empire and emerging First Order. You guys well, have the best Mando podcast by far. Well, thanks Christopher. Oh, Jesus. So I, I watched this once, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause I was off on vacation and I, I, I quite enjoyed it. I, I kind of like when I don't have mm-hmm. to make extensive commentary on the Mandalorian episode <laughs> and I've got some thoughts, but I want to know okay. what you thought of this, of this feedback about it'd be better off if we didn't bring the Separatists back.
0: Well, I mean, when I look at this episode and what they're clearly trying to do now to have more information, um, they're trying to show that there are a lot of, like, different factions out there um, that want to see the end of the New Republic. It's not just the Imperials. But you get the impression that, like, in the right circumstances, they could all be allied together, right? Like, look what happened in Andor, where you've got all of the—you've got Forrest Whitaker out there one to do his own thing. And you've got Stellan Skarsgård out there uh, trying to unite all these different factions, right? Um, even though they don't believe in the same things, they don't want to approach things the same way. I think that's what the empire is trying to do here. And I know it's hard with separatists because they don't like the empire, but maybe they don't like the new Republic, the the people in power more than they don't like working with the empire to remove them from power. Yes. And,
1: and that's, that's exactly what I was thinking that I actually think it's cool that you have like this, these really old throwbacks. It's like, they've seen the empire. You know, they saw the, the old Republic fall because mm-hmm. they were corrupt and they separated from that because they saw them as corrupt and, and unable to, um, you know, address their needs and they're oppressive with their rules and regulations. And then they fell to uh, they got their ass handed to them, but then they fell. Uh, the old Republic fell to the empire and the, obviously the separatists weren't on board with that. And then the New Republic, uh, the rebellion wins and reinstates a New Republic, and that's a total fiasco. I kind of like that. Like, I mean, we have in twenty twenty three Americans that, unironically, want to return, like, like think the monarchy, monarchy is a good idea. That 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 that's how we fucked up is when we went away from from that. They want like a theocratic monarchical regime.
0: They're not very big. I, I mean, we have people who want authoritarian regimes to come back i mean the fascism like it's yeah right right like there's some stuff like when
1: when things are bad people just start casting around for like oh shit what used to work what could it work and you know people that are not super strong students of history especially and i feel like that they that is kind of a realistic thing they're doing that there would be this kind of hold back that's like well now the new republic is fucking up what let's get the separatist thing back going because that was the true answer that was the third part as the green party libertarian Candidates that we needed to to fix everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. i and like, I think this is part also a deliberate part of the double uh, of the double F's to widen out and make this world make sense. It's not going to always come mm-hmm. back to the Republican, the empire. It's going to be a much more non-binary type political world um, where you have huts and separatists and imperial warlords and new republics and spies within them and squabbling bureaucrats and uh disaffected wealthy elites and it's just it's just a fucking mess and that's cool i think that's really cool yeah it feels like an updated star
0: wars honestly
1: yeah it's a little less black and white and Mm -hmm. the thing that i guess that that's the the thing that i really am curious is like how are they going to ban how are they going to balance the family-friendly nature of what they're clearly trying to do with also doing like a hard bitten, you know, war and rebellion and subterfuge, you know, yeah. Cold war espionage. Like, how do you do that at the le- at the at the <laughs> level that they're pitching? There, yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly. How do you I make don't know, man? Yeah, and then and then it's it's possible that they're such brilliant storytellers that they've accounted for all this and like all this obvious hypocrisy and contradictions between the droids and their. Like, what if there's like a like a no shit droid uprising? Okay, like like not they the Separatists it, right? using a droid army that's completely. But like these are fully sentient droids that have my yeah. Like that would be another faction that the the new republic would have to worry about. I I think that's the way to go because the black and white system just did not work in the new trilogy. Just sure. just getting the the rebellion and the empire, and they they need. They you need you, yeah you need you need something more complex to tell a complex story and I think that's what they're trying to do. I don't think I they could fail. Like mm-hmm. I'd give it 50/50 at this point whether they can actually pull sure. this off, but I like that they're actually trying though. I think that's really that's really cool. Any other thoughts, Jim?
0: No,
2: I'm good
1: let's wrap this shit up and ship it off inside imperial probe droid to everybody. Uh, Mando at dot is how you reach us or just send a hulking, vicious imperial probe droid to our house. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's how you contact people in this universe or Mando at dot You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash bald move. If you want to find out all the amazing things we're covering that are not Mandalorian, uh, Mandalorian's wrapping up. So is Picard. We still got yellow jackets running strong. Uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that we got. Actually, we're going to be checking out Renfield, the movie tonight. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Fast X coming up. Check that out, twitter.com slash baldmove. And finally, if you'd like to support us, if you'd like the ad-free feeds and a ton more, like literally thousands of hours of bonus content, uh, check out our club, support.baldmove.com. Thanks for spending some Mando time with us this week. We'll be back next week, which I think is the finale.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Or or the 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 prequel episode for Ahsoka.
2: (laughs) We'll find out next week.
1: Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Jim. May the force be with you.